open our understanding to the scripture. The scripture is what we call the Bible. Scripture means scribed. It's what God has said. He has to say it first before it gets scribed. God has to speak. God has to impress a writer to scribe. So the first thing is it's God's word and then it gets put into the form that we read on our pages. Thank God for it. I would like to invite you today to pray with me and ask God to open our understanding to the scripture that we're going to read today. Would you join me if you care to? God, I thank you, Lord, for what you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for the scriptures. This book, Lord, we call the Bible, the inspired Hallelujah, by your power and Holy Ghost. We ask you today as we look into the pages of the Scripture that you would open our understanding. Everybody would have an open understanding, God, today. In the name of Jesus, God, we ask you this in your glorious name. John chapter 14 and verse 8 is where I'd like to start today. And they'll be putting it on the overhead above above my head. So just in case you don't happen to have your Bible with you or some form of it. It'll be over my head. John chapter 14 and verse number 8. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Philip, one of them. Look at this. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. And it sufficeth us. That means show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. What does it mean to say, show me? That means I want to see. I want to see the Father. Who's the Father? God. I want to see God. I want to see God, and it'll be, I'll be satisfied. Next verse, which is nine, Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath, what's this next word, seen me, hath seen the Father. He did not say, he that has seen me has seen the Son. He said, he that's seen me has seen the Father. And why are you saying, show us the Father? I'm in front of you. Jesus is saying, I am the visible image of the invisible God. I am the invisible one. I'm the son of God, which means I'm flesh. Son means you're the product of a dad and a mom. I'm the son of the living God. Obviously, who my mother is, is Mary. But who's the father? It's not Joseph. It is God. God is the one that overshadowed Mary, the virgin, And caused conception in her. And I was born of a woman. 
So I am a man just like the rest of you. That's what he's really saying. He says, when you've seen me, you've seen this flesh and blood, but I am the visible almighty God right in your presence. So he says, I've been a long time with you and you don't know me. He that has seen me hath seen the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus, open our understanding. Help us to see. Verse number 10. He said, believe us not. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Notice the question mark. Believe us thou not that you have to say it right, you know. It's a question. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Don't you believe it? Wait a minute. Believest thou not that I, Jesus, I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That's mutual indwelling. In other words, they're so intertwined that one is in the other. Woo. He said, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. In other words, it's not just humanity speaking, but God. Look what he said. But the Father that, what? Dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Jesus is identifying himself not as a part of God, not as a fraction of God, not as one-third of God, but Jesus is identifying himself as the almighty God, visible to man. Here I am. Who's in me? The Father dwells in me. It's not just human words. He's using a human voice box and tongues and the articulation of speech. But what's really behind it is God. God uses me to speak to you. Jesus is saying, I don't just say words. I say the word of God because I am God manifest in the flesh. I am the almighty God in front of you in the form of man. I am the king of all kings. I am the Lord of all lords. I am the only savior of the world. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me. Or he said, just believe me for the very work's sake. What works? Wow. The works of Jesus Christ declare plainly who he really is. Who can pull a dead man out of the grave except it be God in him? Who can say to the elements, the wind and the waves, peace be still and they listen. And who can that be? It has to be the creator. And who is Jesus Christ? Who dwelled in him was the creator of the universe. Hallelujah. Making himself visible. I thank God that there is a revelation in this building today. 
that the revelation of God is in the house today. Some people are looking for God. The only place you're ever going to find it is in Jesus Christ because he is God. Verse 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he what? Do also. How in the world are you going to be able to do the works of Christ? And then what does he say? And greater works than these shall ye do. Greater works. What does that mean? Something that he has not done? No. It's about quantity. It's about millions of times over. Casting out devils. Touching people. And they're healed of every sickness and every disease. The miracle power of God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost power that he's put in us. And the gifts of the Spirit. It's supernatural. I want you to notice in this verse. Again, let's look at it. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And what? Greater works. uh, Greater quantity than these shall ye do. Wait a minute. Here's the condition. There's a condition involved with us being able to have the power of Christ in us to do the work of God. What is it? Because I go unto my Father. Jesus had earlier said, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. That made his disciples very anxious. They wanted to keep him around forever. Obviously, you'd want to keep Jesus around. But he's trying to teach them, I have got to leave. I have got to get out of here. And when I get out of here, I'm going to fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to be able to do the work of God. You're going to be able to do the work of Christ in the world because I go to the Father. So thankful for the revelation. Look at verse 13. He says, and... Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. What's the word? Whatsoever. A lot of people get confused here. They say, well, I've asked a lot of things I didn't get. Well, you didn't ask it. With the power of the Holy Ghost motivating you. You ask it with the flesh motivating you. And that's asking amiss. God is never going to... Treat us like little kids that ask for something and he gives us everything. If he did that, he'd spoil us and make us think uh, that our flesh is dominant. But the flesh has to be crucified and the power of Christ has to rise in us. And the new life in Jesus Christ and the new motivation has to be what prays. That's what we have to pray like. Guy said, I want a new Jeep. He pounds an altar somewhere. God, I want a new Jeep. Give it to me. Jesus, give me a new Jeep. Silence. Another man prays and says, I want a new Jeep. The first man had a motivation. He says, I want a new Jeep, Lord. And God never gave it to him. And he gets mad at God. But God knew that his motivation 
was to get it and wax it every weekend and drive it around town and brag about it and show it off. Second man prays, I want a new Jeep, Lord. And God answers his prayer. He gets a phone call and somebody said, hey, I heard what you said the other day about wanting to reach into that mountain range because you're a foreign missionary for Jesus Christ and you wanted a Jeep and you needed to get into that mountain range to reach another tribe for Jesus Christ. God spoke to me and said, buy the man a Jeep and ship it over to that country. God answers the prayer of the second man because his motivation wasn't to shine it up and to show it off and brag about it and act like it was all his. The second man says, hey, I'm going to have a Jeep to do the work of God. Well, that's motivated by the power of the Holy Ghost. God always answers those prayers in the affirmative. It's time that we learn how to be motivated by the Spirit. And what we pray is not going to be for us, but it's for the kingdom of God. God will always answer when you pray in His will, in His motivations. I want to be motivated by the Holy Ghost, not by my stinking will, or not by my stinking desires, my fleshly desires. That's not what I need to do. I need to say, God, what do you need in this world? God said, I'll call you. I'll send you. And if you need help, let me know. It's time we learn that. Say, God, what do you want me to do? He says, I'll send you, but I'll always leave you in a place where you're going to need to ask for assistance. A lot of people want to get the whole truckload unload it and say, now I've got enough for the rest of my life, for the rest of my ministry. You'll never go very far because you're never going to get the truckload. But I'll tell you the man and woman that'll see a miracle power of God. I'll show you a man or woman that'll get something from God when he says, God, or she says, God, what do you want me to do? And he says, go and I'll supply as you go. I don't want you to be encumbered with 15,000 semis following you with all the supplies, but I'll supply the need as you need it. As you take a step, you put your hand back. God said, I'll give you exactly what you need for the next step. you got to walk in my will. When you walk in my will, I'll supply your need as you go. Don't worry about getting it all together. Don't worry about getting everything that you need for the whole journey. Why don't you trust in God? Church, it's time we get a hold of this idea of putting our confidence and our faith in God and not in ourselves. If you want to do it, you'll want to have the whole thing wrapped up in a nice, neat bow. It's time we learn how God operates and how God works You have to live by the idea of faith and not sight. You have to say, God, you sent me, so you're going to take care of me. God will send you, but he'll also take care of you. There was a prophet in the Old Testament that prophesied that there was a famine coming to the land. Well, guess what every prophet has to live through? Their own prophecy. So the prophet says there's famine coming. It came, and he's in it too. God says, well, I sent you to speak it, so I'll take care of you. And the ravens fed him. You may be seated. 
The ravens fed him. How? How? Because God says, I will always be with those who are in my will. Always be. Verse number 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name, what does he say? I will do it. Hallelujah. This is powerful. Anybody ready to pray a prayer? Ask anything in my name. He said, I'll do it. Go ahead. Pray your prayer. I'll wait. What do you want? What needs to happen? What needs to happen in your life? What needs to happen in this church? What needs to happen in your family? What needs to happen in your community? Ask anything. Can you imagine Jesus Christ appearing before you? Can you imagine walking around with Jesus? And he looks at you and says, ask anything. And I'll do it. He said it. We have a lot of protocols. We have a lot of things that we do just just normally. But I'm telling you, ask anything in his name and he'll do it. Now. Well, God, I'm happy. Satisfied. Got everything I need. Anything. Ask it. I'll do it. Maybe one of these days, I'll preach that, and a powerful prayer meeting will break out. Oh, God, give me wisdom and understanding with my brother, my sister. Lord, give me understanding and wisdom with the backsliders in this community. God, we can't see them lost. God, I don't want to see people lost. Help me be contacted with individuals that are hungry. Hallelujah for you. Lord, help us in the church to get rid of all wickedness. Help us, Lord, in the church to get rid of stuff that we don't need. God, reveal to the pastor what's going on in our lives so that we can get things straightened out. Come on, Jesus. We need to reach Kendallville. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We got a couple people that have cancer in the building. In the name of Jesus Christ, I feel like you're getting a hold of me. Lord, to pray for healing according to your will. Hallelujah. Healing in the name of Jesus. God, I have a financial problem. 
hallelujah, because of a, a certain thing that was not my fault. God, I'm asking for your help right now in Jesus' name. Anything. What is the state of the church? What is the state of our lives? What is the state of our family? Throw that verse in front of you and you'll find out what the state of people is. Ask anything. Oh, is it ask anything? Okay. I'll tell you what. There are some things that I really believe God wants to accomplish and I haven't seen it happen yet. So I'm going to ask him for the wisdom. I'm going to ask him for the help right now. In Jesus' name. Anything. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse number 8. I'm sorry, verse number 5. Isaiah 42 and 5. I want you to recognize who we're dealing with here. Isaiah 42 and verse number 5. We'll read down through the 8th verse. Isaiah 42, 5 through 8. Thus saith God the Lord. Now notice, this is Old Testament passage. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What is that? Whenever you see all those cap, all those letters capitalized, you're talking about the name of God. That's the name of God. The name of God. If you were a Jew way back then, you may have a, something like Yahweh come off your lips if you would say the name. Like Yahweh. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, and he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. Woo! Hallelujah! I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand, and I will keep thee, and I will give thee for a covenant of the people, for a what? A light of the Gentiles. Next verse. To open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoner from the prison. To them that sit in the darkness out of the prison house. Next verse. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Look at that. My glory will I not give to another. Neither any praise to graven images. The hands of man walk into a forest. The hands of man Build tools to fell a tree. The hands of man chop the tree down. The hands of man build machinery to drag it out and set it up. The hands of man make other machinery, make other tools to carve out of this log a God. The hands of men have created things and they call it a God. Even in our modern world, we've created things with our hands and we've said God's in there. God's in that. But I'll tell you what. There is nothing of this earth save one thing. There is nothing of this earth that has deity in it. You cannot take a log, shape it, fashion it, and say there is God in that. There is no God in that. Because there's only one God. And God is not relegated to some position of an idol or a building somewhere. 
Hallelujah. God's a whole lot bigger than that. God is a spirit. He's an everywhere present spirit. If you really want to worship God, you have to worship him. Jesus said in spirit and in full reality or truth. Hallelujah. He's talking about getting the spirit of God connected to the spirit of man. Not man making a God from the forest. Making a God out of silver. He will not give his glory. I'll tell you what, if you want to say God is in that building, you are dead wrong. God doesn't deify buildings. God doesn't make a building his and say, well, this is what I'm going to live in. You're still in the Old Testament if you believe that. Because God lived in a tabernacle and temple and then he came. And Jesus Christ was the tabernacle of God. And Jesus left. And he says, I'm going to make you the tabernacle of God because I'm going to put my spirit within you. I'm going to put all of my experience within you. You recognize that Jesus' earthly experience is what you receive when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have now power over the devil. You have power over the flesh to walk in righteousness. You have power over the grave. They're going to bury you, but one day those that are dead in Christ are going to come up out of the grave. Hallelujah. And go to be with him. So important to understand that there is no graven image that you're going to worship ever. Go down to Isaiah 43 and verse number 10. Verse 10 and 11, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 10 and 11. God says to the Hebrew people, he said, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, there it is again, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he, go back. Oh, were we at the wrong spot? Okay, I'm sorry, something flickered and I got, I'll start again. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am, what? He, before me, there was no God formed. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be. I don't care what man does. You can't form another God. Because there was no God formed before him, and there will be no God formed after him. So when Jesus steps on the scene and says... I am the visible image of the invisible God. He's not saying, I'm another God formed. He is saying, I am the God. Revealed to you, showed to you. So he's not a third part of God. He is God. Woo, hallelujah. Because there is no God formed before and there's no God formed after. 
God's not making another God of himself. It's not God the Father and God the Son. You got two gods. It's not God the Father and God the Son. That's two gods. It's not God the Father. It's not God the Son. It's not God the Father. It's not God the Son. It's God the Father revealing himself in flesh. And the flesh says, when you've seen me, you've seen that one God. That one God. Hallelujah. You don't have two gods. You don't have three gods. You don't have four persons. You don't have three persons. You have one person of God. And his name is Jesus Christ. One person reveals God. Hallelujah. Woo. God the Son doesn't even appear in Scripture, by the way. Affirmation from the pastor. Doesn't appear. There is something that God wants to happen in this house. He wants a spirit of revelation to come across us. Because there's false doctrines and false prophets that have preached for centuries. That God is multiple people. God is not multiple people. God is a spirit. Hallelujah. And he came to this world in the form of one. One man. One flesh. And that flesh is the mediator between God and the rest of us. And that flesh faced the devil and was successful. The devil faced sin. He was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. They put him in the grave. He came out of the grave. And he's been out of the grave ever since. That reveals who he is. He is the almighty God. Death cannot hold him. The chains of death cannot hold him. That's why he said, I want to be in you. I don't want to be in some building. I don't want to be in some idol. I want to be in you. That's the great revelation of the mystery of the ages. The great mystery is who's God and was he one with me? God revealed it. He said, I'll tell you who who God is. It's me, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to be in you. That answers all the questions of the ages of a God. Praise God. Look at it again. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Next verse, which is 11. I, even I, am the Lord. Look at it. Beside me, there, beside me, there is no Savior. There is no Savior. There's only one Savior. And God said, here's what I'm going to do to save the world. I am going to come in the form of man. I am going to overshadow Mary. I am going to be born into this world as the king of kings. And I'm going to show myself as savior of the world. Hallelujah. There is no savior beside him. Woo! Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah 45 and 20. 
down to 23. Isaiah 45 and 20 through 23. He says, God speaks through Isaiah the prophet before Jesus Christ was born. Assemble yourselves and come, draw near together. Ye that have escaped the nations, they have no knowledge. Look what he says. God speaks through Isaiah. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. All around the world for centuries, what have they done? They have set up all kinds of temples, idols everywhere around the world. Every society in history has always had a God or gods or many gods. And they've said, this is where you have to go to see God. This is the offering that you have to bring to appease the gods. It's been this way for centuries. And God is saying, you don't know what you're doing if you're going to a building to present something to a God. It's a false God. They cannot save. They cannot see. They may have an arm carved, but they can't reach out to help you. They have eyes, but they cannot see you. They have ears, but they cannot hear you because it's a false God, because there's only one God. There is only one Savior. He says, you pray unto them, and they cannot save. Next verse. Tell ye and bring them near. God speaks. Let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? In other words, who told them to get an idol? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? God says, Here's what I've said from the beginning. From the very beginning, have not I the Lord that there is no God else beside me? In other words, there is no God other than me. There is no other God but this just God. And what? A Savior. In other words, there is no other God That is a Savior. There is none beside me. Woo! There's none. Verse 22. Look unto me. What? What? I'm invisible. Chew on that a while. God says, look unto me. Who? Look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God. And there is none else. What does he say? Look unto me. Show us the Father. And it will satisfy us. Show us the Father, he said to Jesus. We'll be happy when you've seen me. You've seen him. I am God and there is none else. One more verse, 23. I have sworn. Whoa. When you swear, you always swear by something greater than yourself. 
You ever hear people say, I swear on the Bible? Because you say, that's greater. I swear on my mother's grave, I've heard people say. In other words, you're saying, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I swear to God, people say. Because they're acknowledging there's something greater. So God, when he has to swear, or when he has to say, this is the truth coming out of my mouth, or anything greater, so I just swear by myself. And the word's gone out of my mouth in righteousness. And that shall not return, that unto me every knee will bow. Everyone. Every tongue shall swear. Look at that. Every knee, every knee will bow. Every tongue will swear what? Everybody will say what? Everybody will worship what? The one true and living God whose name is Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah! Luke chapter 2 and verse number 25. Luke chapter 2 and 25. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 25. We'll go down through the 32nd verse, 25 through 32. Luke 2, 25. Now we come to the time of the, what we call the New Testament writings. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose, whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. That's a good thing. Holy Ghost was upon him. Next verse. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. Who's the Holy Ghost? Who's the Holy Ghost? Who's the Holy Ghost? It's another way of saying God. Holy, separate from sin, ghost, spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. God is the Spirit. One Spirit. Praise God. That's why I like the church only has one head. So there's no confusion. So if there is, that means there's more than one voice calling itself the boss. Only one boss in the church. Jesus. It was revealed by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ before he had seen Messiah, Messiah always means the flesh. God told him that he would not die until he had seen the Christ, the Messiah. That's what Jews have been saying for centuries. We're waiting for the Messiah, the Christ. Next verse. And he came by the Spirit, Simeon, into the temple when the parents brought in the child, Jesus. Notice, he came by what? 
the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, took him to the temple, directed him to go to the temple, the temple properties. When the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus, the child Jesus, for to do him unto him after the custom of the law. Next. Can you see this? Simeon then walks over. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God. The Holy Ghost took the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost took Simeon to the temple at the same time that they were bringing the baby Jesus in to do the custom of the law. Simeon walks in, sees the child, walks over, takes him out of mama's arms, and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. In other words, I can die now according to thy word. Why? Next. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. God says in the Old Testament, there's only one that is the Savior. There is no glory given to any other except me. Now we know who this little boy is. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Next. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Next. A light to lighten who? Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles and the glory. He said, I'll not share my glory with anybody else. And here he's saying, I'm looking at the glory of the people Israel. John chapter 1 and verse 1. John 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 and verse 1. Carefully look at this. In the beginning was the the Word. Word, if you look back at the original Greek language, means thought, concept, and, and. It's important. It's not just a thought. It's not just a concept. It's not just a plan. It's and, the expression of it. God said. Said what? He had to look into his plan, right? The plans, the concepts. And he speaks. He says, let there be light. Let there be trees. Let there be a firmament. Let there be, let there be cattle. Let there be fish. Let there be, looking at the plan in the mind, and then speaking it forth. Let there be, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that means you can't separate God from His Word. The Word is not a separate entity. It just means God has spoken. God has spoken His plan. Hallelujah. I'm glad he spoke his plan. 
everything is created by the word of God. Go down to the next verse, which is two. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse number 14. Check this out. 14. You can't separate the word from God. If you've got the word, you've got God. If you've got God, you've got his word. They're inseparable. And the word was made flesh. The word was God. That doesn't just mean God's going to come and never speak. That means the word or God was made flesh. And it was more than just flesh. But it was going to talk. The flesh was going to talk. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld. What is it? His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. That means unique. The only one of his kind. He's full of what? Grace and truth. Next verse, 15. John bare witness of him and cried, saying this, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. For he was, how? He was the almighty God, manifest in flesh. Next verse, 16. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Next verse, 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came how? By Jesus Christ. One more verse. No man has seen God at any time. Semicolon. No man has seen God at any time. Only. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath showed Him, declared Him, revealed Him. God's invisible until when? The birth. Of Jesus Christ. And Simeon goes. Oh. Mine eyes have seen. Thy salvation. God in Isaiah said. Look unto me. All ends of the earth. Where are you going to look? Jesus is not around today. That's why Jesus said to his disciples. I'm with you. But I shall be in you. What the world needs to see is not what we can do. They need to see the power of a living Christ in us. How did you get delivered from alcoholism? How did you get delivered from that? How did you get delivered? The power of the Holy Ghost came inside of me. It's God in us. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. Hallelujah. Let's stand across this building today. 
If you've never had Christ in you, I'll tell you what it is. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. If you need it, you can have it today. Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized in water in the name of Jesus, baptism in the name of Jesus is for the remission of sins. That's why Jesus came to wash it all away. If it's coupled with your determination, your change of mind, you will be filled with the Spirit and you will be able to live right because you've got supernatural power inside of you. That's why when you talk to a true child of God, you'll look at them and say, how is it that you're able to live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world? How can you live blameless in this world? You say, it's not me. It's Christ in me that I am obeying, that I am being responsible to, that I am acknowledging as King of kings and Lord of lords. I have talked to far too many people about the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. Is there anybody in this house today that when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he broke things in your life that you've never gone back to? Because you are walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, not in the power of our flesh, but the power of the Spirit. I invite you today to acknowledge who you are. If you're in this building today and you would like to have prayer of myself, pastor, or any others in this building, I want you to acknowledge yourself. I want you to say, I want prayer. I need help. Acknowledge yourself. You can do that by coming down here and standing. You can step into the aisle, wave your hand at me and say, get back here. Acknowledge yourself if you need something from God today. Hallelujah. If you're part of the church of Jesus Christ, I want you to intercede for those that are in this room that need deliverance today. Hallelujah. You don't have to live your life wondering who God is. He can be in you. Hallelujah. He can be in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.